Amen. That's really good. Amen. You got your Bibles this morning? All right. Let's lift those things up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth, transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that's true. If we'll apply God's word to our lives, if we'll believe what he says, if we'll, if we'll trust God's word, he will do what he promised he would do. Isn't that awesome? God is real. Newsflash. <laughs> God is real. And, and when he promises something, he always delivers on it every single time. Amen? Well, we're going to be starting a new series this week. I think you guys are really going to like it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if this is going to be two or three messages, whatever it's going to be. I'm just trying to be obedient to what God wants to do because that's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about obedience. Everybody loves obedience, don't they? Yeah. Hallelujah. That's, oh my. Some of you going, and I came today. <laughs> Jack's leaving. Come on, Jack, stay. I, <laughs> man, alive, that didn't take long. <laughs> You'll be back, okay. <laughs> but but I want you, I'm going to say three words here, and I want you to think about what I'm saying real quick. Blessings. Blessings. Doesn't that sound good? Blessings. Think of, think of cake. Who likes cake? Some of you I know like cake, you know. But cake, uh, think, of, think of ice cream. Think of, I mean, that's blessing, right? I mean, blessings are good things, right? I'm going to say another word. This, tell me how you feel about this. Sacrifice. How fun is that? Who likes that? What if I said, hey, guys, let's go. As soon as church is over today, we're going to go. Who wants to get in shape? Let me see your hands. Come on. Thank you for your honesty, all four of you. <laughs> okay. Well, well let, we're gonna, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get in shape, and it's going to be great, and your body's going to feel wonderful. Everything's going to be fantastic. You know, in about two or three months, you're going to feel wonderful. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go run a couple of miles right after service today. How's that sound? One person. Now the four dropped out. We're down to one. Sacrifice doesn't sound like much fun, does it? Doesn't at all. All right, so, so another word, if I say obedience, how's that sound? Obedience. Ooh, that sounds like fun too. You know, this whole, this whole thing I, I look at and I, I studied this week, and we've actually got it up on the screen. We've got the formula for you. Obedience plus sacrifice equals blessing. This is algebra, okay? <laughs> Obedience plus sacrifice equals blessing because here's what I know about every one of us in this room. We all want blessing in our lives, don't we? We all want good things, right? But to get them, there's a process, and the process is very clear. The process is if you're obedient and you're willing to sacrifice, the end result is blessing. But here's the thing. There is no way to shortchange this, this formula. That's the formula. That's absolutely the formula. So, so here's what I'm trying to get to today, and we're going to go through it, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, you, you're, you're at least going to understand. Um, obedience plus sacrifice equals blessing. So if you want blessing in your life, I'm going to show you scripturally how to do it. But I want you to understand right now, it takes work. It absolutely takes work. For every one of us in the room, blessing does not just happen. Blessing takes work. Uh, let's look at 1 Samuel 15, 22 today. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It's in your notes or it'll be up on the screen. So, Samuel said, now, well, let me give you some background. King Saul was the first king of Israel, and he had gone out and he was going to take over this city. They were attacking this city. And God said, here's the deal said through the prophet, I want you to take over the city, but when you get there, I want you to kill everything in the city. I don't want you to keep anything. I want you to burn it all. I mean, get rid of everything there. Well, Saul decided, man, there's, there's lots of stuff here. There's, there's animals. We don't want to do that. I mean, I know God said to do this, but I th let's go a different route. How many of you in your own life, you've kind of known what God said to do, but you thought, you know what, God, I've got a better idea. Let me see your hands. How many of you have had better ideas before? How have those worked out? Usually doesn't work out, does it? We, you know, we, we say, God, look, look, I know you said thus and such, but listen, I've been thinking, and I've got a great idea. 
That's kind of like the old redneck saying, y'all watch this, <laughs> which is usually followed by a trip to the emergency room, right? And, but that's how we do in our lives. We, we try to shortchange the process. We, we kind of go around it. We, we kind of try to do it a little bit different. We want blessing, but we kind of shortcut it. And it doesn't work ever, ever. Well, that's what Saul's doing here. He decided, no, I'm going to do it my own way. And, and, and Samuel had not shown up at the time that he was supposed to. And so Saul took matters into his own hands and decided to sacrifice the, some things to God that God told him to do completely differently. And not only did it mess up his life, it actually, he lost his kingship. Okay? Because he didn't obey what God told him to do. And listen, here, that, that's the setup. So 1 Samuel 15, 22 says this. Samuel the prophet said to King Saul, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying or obedience to the voice of the Lord? And listen to this. Behold, in other words, listen, watch, listen to me. This is important. To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed, in other words, to do, than the fat of rams. We'll read that again. Behold, it's better to obey than it is to sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. So let me go back to the formula again. Obedience plus sacrifice equals blessing. And the truth is, and I know if I interviewed everybody in this room and sat you all down and I said, hey, do you want to be blessed in your life? Every single one of you would go, absolutely. I want things to go well. I, I want my kids to do good. I, I want to have a great job. You know, I want to end up in heaven one of these days. That'd be ideal. You know, I mean, you, you've got these, you, these ideas. You want to be blessed in your life. Then I would say to you, if that's what you want in your life, then you need to know what God's will is. You need to understand what God's will is. You need to obey it, okay? You're going to have to be willing to sacrifice. And if you'll do that, God's going to bless you. And I'm going to tell you this too, that doesn't happen overnight. One of the things that I've learned about my relationship with God is he doesn't seem to be in a hurry. Many of y'all ever noticed that? God's timing and my timing, I don't know. It just, you know, God, God seems to be apparently really smart. And, and he seems to have this plan. And, and his plan and my plan, for whatever reason, don't seem to always match up. And I know his timing and my timing are different. Because especially in our society, we want what we want and we want it when. Now, some would say yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's what we want. You know, I was talking to a guy this week about his business, and I said, man, you ready to get some customers in here? And one of the guys in the room said, yeah, last week. <laughs> and, and that's how many times we want things to happen in life. We want, we want God to do what we want, and man, God, I, I'd prefer right now. And that's not the way it works. So I want to educate you today that you need to understand there is a process in the kingdom of God. Why am I talking about this? The thing that concerns me about many Christians, many people that are searching, trying to find answers in God, is that we treat God like we treat the fast food restaurant or Santa Claus. We drive up, we give him our order, we get what we want, and then we leave. And there's no relationship there. And, and we sit on God's lap like a big heavenly Santa Claus and give him our list of things that we want, and, and it doesn't work that way. And what happens is, thank you, Billy, you did a fantastic job of turning down the AC. What, what happens is we do this, and then what happens is we get disappointed because God didn't answer our list right away. And, and have you ever experienced that before? And maybe there's people that you know at work or school or you've talked to in life, and you say, hey, man, do you go to church anywhere? And here's kind of what the answer usually would be. I've had people say this to me. Well, I've tried that church thing. You ever heard anybody say that? I've tried the church thing. That sounds like eating a pizza. I tried that pizza. I didn't really like it. You know, I mean, you don't try God out. It's about a relationship, right? It's about a relationship. And good relationships take commitment and they take time. Okay? And, and so we can't treat God like he's some heavenly whatever. I mean, God is wanting a relationship with us. Jesus did not die so that you could just have everything you want. Jesus died to restore a relationship between you and God. And God wants that. Do you understand? So let's talk a little bit more about how this works. 
If, if we do what God says, God's going to bless us. I've just got a few scriptures out of many that I'm going to read. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. Just as a side note, this never really occurred to me. Who thought up the word Deuteronomy? I mean, what? Well, I, I, Deuter, I, okay, anyway, I just, why not call it Fred or something? I don't know. I'd at least get that. But Deuteronomy, okay. See, I'm setting up before you today. <laughs> Y'all think about that later. Um, this is God talking. See, look, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. And the curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from the way that I command you today. By following other gods or your own appetite which you have not known. So, so God's making it real simple. Have you noticed he usually doesn't complicate things? God's saying here through Moses, he's saying, look, here's the deal. I'm going to set before you blessing and cursing. If you, if you do what I tell you to do, you're going to be blessed. If you disobey, you're going to be cursed. And then I could almost, I would have added any questions. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear, isn't it? Pretty clear. Deuteronomy 28.1, just as another example. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And then that is followed by this long list of blessings. He says you're going to be blessed in the field and your kids are going to be blessed and everything you lay your hands on is going to be blessed. But if you disobey, there are curses that go along with that. And I want you to understand today, God wants to bless you. As a matter of fact, at the end of one of these scriptures, he says, he says, behold, I give you the choice between death and life. And then God says, choose life. It is God's desire to bless you. He wants to bless your kids. He wants to bless your life. God loves you. I mean, if you're a parent or a grandparent, you want to bless your kids. Jesus even talked about that in the New Testament. He said, how many of you, you know, if your kid asks for a piece of bread, are going to give him a stone or ask for a fish, you're going to give him a snake? I mean, Jesus understands we want to give people good things, and God wants to bless your life. But understand something today. He never changes. God doesn't change his mind. And, and so when God lays out these things, these commandments for us to do, he doesn't modify them. He lays it out there for our own good. Listen to this last verse, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Listen, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. If you're willing and obedient, you'll be, eat the best of the land. How many of you are willing but you're not obedient? Give you another good example. How many of you want to get in shape? How many of you are doing anything about it? <laughs> you're willing to get in shape, but you're not doing anything to make it happen. And that's kind of what the scripture's saying. You've got to be willing, but you've also got to be obedient. You've got to do something to make it work. So here's the big question that I had that I'm going to share with you guys. Here's the big question. Why do we rebel and disobey God? I mean, why do we rebel and disobey God? And I, I really thought about this this week, and, uh, and obviously praying about it and everything. Well, I think to, to begin to understand and get a picture of why we do that, why we disobey God, and I'm talking about individually, we have to go all the way back to Genesis, to Adam and Eve. And, and so we go back all the way to Genesis, and here's Genesis chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. And you guys have heard the story. Adam and Eve are in the garden, and, and the certain serpent, snake, or Satan takes the form of a serpent and comes in there, and, and he's trying to tempt Eve to, to eat the forbidden fruit. You know, we all call it an apple. We don't know what it was, but just for example, let's just say it's an apple. And he goes in and says, all right, Eve, here's the deal. I want you to eat this apple. And here's what Eve says to him. The woman said to the serpent, God has given us the ability. He's told us we can eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So she understood. Listen, God said we can have everything else in here, but we're not supposed to eat from this tree. That's the commandment, okay? Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
Now, this is the big aha moment right here. This is why we don't, or this is why we rebel against God. Disobedience is caused by distrust in God. I'll read that again. Disobedience is caused by distrust in God. In other words, we do not believe that God will do what he says or that God has our best interest at heart or that he's withholding something good from us. Bottom line, the reason we don't do what God commands us to do is that we really don't believe him. Wow, and you guys are going, well, that's not very, you know, But I want you to think about it. The reason you don't do what God says is that you don't think he's going to do what he says. It's true. You know, God gives us these commandments, and we say, well, God, I know a better way because I really don't think you know best, so I'm going to do this. Or God, I, you know, I'm not going to give my tithe, God, because I really don't believe that you're going to open up the windows of heaven and bore out a blessing. God, I'm really not going to love these people because I really don't think you're going to turn this around like you said you would. That's the bottom line. At the very, I mean, that's what I studied this week. I mean, I went out and I looked and I go, I want to know why we do this. I want to know why I do it. Because y'all aren't going to believe this, but I'm not perfect. I know, sorry, Dave. <laughs> and so, y'all know how it works. This is the way it works. I don't preach things to you guys that I don't believe. And I also don't preach stuff to you that it's, y'all need to do this, and then I go do whatever I want to do. I have to listen to this first. And trust me, as I was preparing this and going through this, I had to ask myself the same questions I'm asking you right now. And I looked in my own life, and I looked at the commands and the things that God's asked me to do. And why in my own life do I not always do what God says? Because I don't think sometimes I trust him to deliver. Here's what I mean. Perhaps you're mad at God. Deep down, maybe you're mad at him. You know, maybe you had the loss of a child. And you're upset at God, and you don't want to be, but it hurts you so deeply that you're mad at God. Maybe you or a loved one got sick, or, or, or maybe, you know, you got fired, or maybe you were in a really horrible marriage and divorce situation. Maybe fill in the blank, and, and you're upset at God. I mean, if you're really honest, you're upset at God. I thought about that this week, and here's what I believe with absolutely all of my heart. God is not scared of your questions. God is not scared. God's not afraid that you're going to ask him something really hard. God is not worried about you coming to him and going, God, this hurts me. As a matter of fact, Jesus came to heal all of that. Jesus told us in this world we're going to have trouble. And I don't know about you, but that's not a good thing. He said, you're going to have tribulations in this, in this world. And, and I look at my Bible, and I see people that were killed, and I see all these things that have happened. And yet, overarching over all this, I see God reaching down into the middle of all the pain and all the heartache and all the things that go on in life and reaching down and trying to draw us back to himself. See, guys, here, here's the deal. Newsflash, we live in a fallen world. But the reason we live in a fallen world is because we disobeyed God from the get-go. And we're still doing it today. And we have to be willing to be honest with God. And I've learned this in my own life. You know, the way you need to pray to God is that you need to be honest with him and tell him how you feel. He can take it. Look at the Psalms. I mean, here's, here's David, King David, a man after God's own heart. And if you've read some of the Psalms, he has some pretty hard questions. God, I don't like this. Everybody's against me. You know, my life's not going good. God, I'm a little upset right now. And God says he's a man after his own heart? I think honesty with God has a lot to do with our relationship with God. We need to be honest with him. He can handle it. And some of you, if you don't get anything else out of the message today, when you walk out of here today, you need to go to God and you guys need to have a talk. And you need to say, God, such and such hurt me. And I don't want to feel this way. But I've been really upset at you. And sometimes I feel like I can't trust you, God. But I don't want to be that way. Help me. You know what? That will set you free. 
that will set you free because he loves you. And he will reach down in the middle of that mess that you're in and he will, he will touch your life and he will speak to you because Jesus loved you so much that he died for you. And that's the gospel. Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. That's pretty good news, guys. That is pretty good news. That's why the gospel is called good news. You know, one thing I've learned in life, we're not all clean and spit polished and all that stuff. I mean, we've all gone to church and everybody, we talk about putting on our Sunday best. And, and you know, we show up and we may be dying on the outside or dying on the inside, but we look good on the outside. Anybody ever felt that way? You look good on the outside, but on the inside, your heart is breaking. Well, I want you to understand something. God knows what's going on in your heart. And he loves you. And if you will come to him, he will heal you because he loves you so much if you never listen to anything else i ever say and i know for some of you that's possible hear this god is bigger than your problems he is bigger than your past he is bigger than your pain he loves you and he can heal you but you have to let him do it you have to invite him in to do that Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If you'll open the door, I'll come in. But you have to open the door to let him in. Don't let fear rob you of that relationship. Amen? Let's talk for a second about the greatest example in history of obedience and sacrifice. And that's Jesus. Mark chapter 14, verse 32 through 36 after we celebrated communion today, after communion, Jesus and the disciples went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And while they were there, Jesus got just a handful of guys, Peter, James, and John. He said, listen, I got to go pray. He realized what was coming because he was flesh too. And he realized what was about to happen. This is what happened. And uh, then they came to the place which was called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go pray. And, and one of the other versions said he told the disciples to pray. And so Jesus went off. He took Peter, James, and John with him. And Jesus began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, sorrowful even to death. Wow. Stay here and watch. Have you ever wondered if God can relate to your pain? Right there. Jesus said, I am so sorrowful, even to the point I want to die. It feels like I'm dying. Have you ever been that sorrowful before? God understands. He's been there. He went a little bit further, and he fell on the ground, and he prayed that if it were possible, that the hour might pass from him. But listen to this. And Jesus said, Abba, Father. Now listen to this. That word Abba means daddy. He says, Daddy. I know what's coming. This is going to be hard. Daddy, I know this is going to be hard, but listen. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Listen. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. The ultimate example of obedience. Jesus knew from the foundation of the earth that he was going to come to this place. This was God's plan. The only way to redeem us, the only way to repair that bridge between God and us was that there had to be a sacrifice. And there had to be an ultimate sacrifice. And just like Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and there had to be a sacrifice to cover their sin, this was the ultimate sacrifice, the once and for all, where Jesus said, just I'm putting it together for you, Jesus said, this is the new covenant, this is the fulfillment of the Old Testament in my blood. This is it. And he said, but you know what, God? Not my will, but your will be done. And I want you to understand today, it is no different for me and you. God wants what's best for our lives, but I want you to understand something. The only way we're going to get there is if we're willing and we're obedient. We have to be willing to be obedient to what God says, and that's going to involve sacrifice in our life. But if we will do that, there will be blessing. So how does that work for Jesus? 
So if the formula is obedience plus sacrifice equals blessings, what was the blessing that Jesus received by doing this? Listen to this. The scripture's clear. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. And let us run with perseverance. That, that means this is a marathon. I met with a, I have a mentor. There, there's a, you know, isn't that a neat name, mentor. There's a friend of mine that's a pastor of a big church out in North Carolina. And matter of fact, his church last year, the year before last, was one of the fastest growing churches in the country. This guy, we've known each other for a long time. He's one of those guys that, you know, he, he y'all would love it. I'm never going to let you hear one of the conversations that he and I have. Because he tells me a lot of times what I don't want to hear, right? I mean, we need people in our lives that tell us the good stuff, but they also say, guess what? You need to clean up this, that, and the other thing. So this is, you know, a lot of our conversations are that way. And, and, we're, and we're talking the other day, and he said, Chris, you have an urgent personality. Which translated means I want everything done yesterday, <laughs> You know, I see God doing stuff. I want to do it right now. You know, I, I'm one of those guys, so just so you know, okay? And there's some good, that, there's a lot of good that comes from that, but there's some challenges that come with that too. Or as some of you would say, opportunities. <laughs> but, but the reality is, here's what the Bible says about our Christian walk. And let us run with perseverance. In other words, your life in Christ is not a sprint. Your life in Christ is a marathon. It is a long-term deal. This is a long-term commitment. And let us run with perseverance the the race that is marked out for us. God has an individual plan for your life. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You know, I've started running, I'm sure you can tell. And, and I had been, I've been running lately. I've laid off the Twinkies. I've been out jogging and doing my thing. And, and I've got this app, app for my phone that says, run now. And then after a few minutes, it goes, you may now walk. Which translated means, for me, run now means, <laughs> that's running. And, and walk means, <gasps> okay, so just so you know. And, and anyway, I've been doing this the other day, and the lady has this really sweet voice. I almost can hear, Pastor Chris, go ahead and run now. Let's go, you know, and, and let's pick those feet up, you know, and, I, and I'm out. I'm going to tell you how bad it is, and I know I'm digressing, but y'all get a kick out of this. The other day I said, Miles, come on and run with me. Miles, where are you? There's Miles. Go ahead and stand up real quick. I'm embarrassing you because you embarrassed me, and this is payback right here. You know, Miles is like 650 feet tall now, and he's just all grown up. And, I, and he goes, all right, Dad, I'll go run with you. And, and he goes, <laughs> the, the thing goes, run now. And so we start running, and he's like gone. <laughs> but being my son and having her personality, he comes back to me, runs back to me, and he goes, Dad, your definition of running and mine are different. He really said that, but it gets worse because this thing's like 30 minutes and we're like in the last 10 minutes or something and he goes, dad, I've decided something. Now I want you to understand, he's talking just like that. I'm going, you know, he goes, dad, I want to run with you, but I can't keep up. So I'm going to hop. I can't. If I'm lying, I'm dying. He hopped like 20 yards on one leg, and I couldn't keep up with him. So I tased him. No, I didn't, not really. I, I couldn't have lifted my arm up to do that, but I, where was I? I know there was a, but many of, thank you for running the race. Our Christian life is that way. This is a long-term deal. I'm not going to get in shape overnight. It takes time and it takes commitment and you can't do it one time. And many of us treat our, our faith that way. Well, I went to church. Why isn't everything wonderful? It doesn't happen that way. Your salvation is that way. But to, but to become the person that God wants you to be, it's long-term, guys. But here's the awesome thing. God's committed to you long-term. And I know many of you have been in situations where you've been abandoned and people didn't stick around. They told you they were going to be there and they were gone. And that's part of the pain that you carry. But God's not that way. The Bible tells us that God's not a man that he should lie. If God tells you he's going to do something, he does it. 
And he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Wow. That means ever. He's never going anywhere. Even on your bad days. Even on the days you don't, he's there. And on the good days, he's there. And Trisha talked about that. God is there. That's the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. He's committed to you no matter what. The Bible tells us nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing, including your bad attitude. God loves you that much. That's an amazing thing. So listen to this. And let us run with perseverance, commitment, long term. The race that's marked out for us individually. God has a plan for you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. When you run, you've got to have a target. And that's what he's saying. Fix your eyes on Jesus. For the, listen to this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What? For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He didn't care about it. Scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you run a race, you're running for a purpose. There's a prize. We know the scripture tells us, we understand today, that that obedience plus sacrifice equals blessing. So my question was, why did Jesus do this? What was his prize? And I came to a really awesome conclusion of what the Bible tells us. You. He ran it for you. It wasn't because he needed fame. It wasn't because he needed notoriety. He sacrificed his life for you. He knew that his accomplishing that, his fulfilling that mission, his hanging on that cross, his, all that suffering, all of it was for you. It wasn't for a trophy, it wasn't for a ribbon, and it wasn't for a wreath. It was for your life. And he thought you were worth it. I'm convinced of this. If you were the only person on the planet, he still would have died. He did it for you and me and your neighbor. That's awesome. That's awesome. We are the prize. We were the reason. We were the reason that he did that. Regardless of our spots, our past, our pain, our rebellion, our distrust, all those things, he died anyway. That's amazing to me. So we see Jesus in this ultimate willingness to be obedient even to death because of the blessing that was before him. You know, I had an amazing story that was told to me this week. And I think so many of us think obedience. When I say obedience, you guys think, oh, man. When I say sacrifice, you sound like, well, that's too much. I mean, it sounds really hard. It sounds really hard. But sometimes obedience to God and sacrifice are not these massive things. Sometimes it's just being who God wants us to be wherever we are in our life. It's just living our life for him wherever we are. And when we see opportunities, doing what Jesus would do. You know, around here, if you look at our logos and and all the different things we talk about as a church, we're all about being the hands and feet of Jesus, aren't we? About doing something. I want to share a story with you today about one of our youngest members and what he's recently done about being obedient. Lane, are you in here? Come on up here, buddy. Who's coming with you? Is dad coming or mom or both? Dad, come on up here, Lane. I got a chair for you. Give Lane a hand, guys, as he's coming up here. Let me move this. If I take my foot off of it, it's easier to move it. Is that spilling? Sorry, Tricia. Tim, I can't believe you did that. (laughs) It was me. It was me. Thanks, Lane. Appreciate you being there for me, buddy. All right, you see everybody? All right, I'm going to bring this microphone over here. Lane, you want to hold it? Okay. (laughs) Dennis does the same thing. He has that same look when he gets it. All right. Now, your mom and your dad talked to me a little bit about a story, but your mom mostly about something that happened to you the other day at school. Tell me about your friend, is it Easton? Tell me about Easton. You're in first grade, right? Okay, tell me about Easton. Well, he, he didn't have much stuff for school, and he, only, he didn't have much shoes, so I gave him a pair of mine, 
and everybody had a coloring box except for him, so I got him stuff from the backpack outreach. Okay. And so you gave him your shoes? Wow. Did you like them? Yeah, but I didn't. You, you gave it to him? Now, let me ask you a question. Now, so Easton didn't get come the backpack deal, right? So he didn't have a pencil box. What made you want to do that? Well, I wanted to be nice. Plus, God told me to do that. God told you to do it. So God told you to take care of your buddy. What did you tell him when you brought it to him? I told him, well, I really want to be nice to my friend, and I really want to help him. You did? And uh, what did he say? He said, well, you go ahead and do it. (laughs) (laughs) So did you give him your shoes? Were they new shoes? No. They weren't new, but you really liked them? And he didn't have any good shoes? He only, well, he didn't have none for PE. He didn't? He only had sneakers. Yeah, so you gave him yours. I want you to know something. God is, God's really proud of you. And so am I. And so are they. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Sit back with me. This all happened on uh, the first week of school, the Thursday night of the first week of school, and Melissa was up here at Women with Swords and tried to be respectful, uh, but Lane came in and we were doing his homework, and he told me the story about Easton, you know, and he said, he's the only one that doesn't have a pencil box. He has to use a Ziploc bag, and everybody in the class has one. And, I, and he said, and he didn't get to do gym today because he didn't even have any shoes. And so he said, so can I give you my orange and gray shoes? And I said, well, I, I don't know, Lane. Let me, I said, I'll tell you what, let me do one thing. So I texted Melissa, uh, even though I knew she was in her women's meeting, and I said, Lane has a buddy. This is what's going on. He doesn't have a backpack. He doesn't have a pencil box, and he doesn't have any shoes. This is the kid that we do the backpack outreach for. This, that, that child, not the other 999, but that one. And Melissa said, there's still a backpack, all the shoes are gone. And I said, well, Lane, all the shoes are gone from church. And he goes, I'm giving him my shoes in. <laughs> so, and the rest of the story is, you know, I was a little bit worried because, you know, I was worried about the pride of the parents with this child showing up with this stuff from school. And, you know, they, you know, what, did it come from the teacher? And then Lane came in on Monday, the second week of school, which is this past Monday, and he handed Melissa a note. And the note said, and it was from Easton's mom, that said, thank you for the blessings. Sincerely, Easton's mom. So so God told you to do that, and you did it. And I think it's awesome. And you know what? We got a little special gift for you. If you could have anything right now, you've been asking your mom and dad for something. What have you been asking for? I just didn't ask them for nothing. I just did that. No, no, I don't. (laughs) I could adopt you because you'd really fit into the rest of my family. (laughs) But I think you had been asking for some kind of shirt or something lately. Is there some kind of shirt that you've been wanting? Yeah, because my mom got paid one time, and she said whenever we get paid... We'll buy you a shirt from that little thing from school. Cool. Well, we're, we're going to one-up on you. We decided that as a church, we're going to buy you a really cool Rebel jersey. How about that? Check that out. Cool. I like it. Is that cool or what? It's cool. Yeah, it is. But here's why we're doing that. Um, you didn't do it because you were going to get anything out of it, and that's exactly the right thing. But I want you to know when you do what God wants you to do, he's going to bless you more than you expect. And I don't want you to ever forget that, Lane, okay? I love you, buddy.
High five. It's not going to fit you, Tim. Don't I? Don't even try. <laughs> and it fits. How about that? You look good, buddy. <laughs> You're going to wear it to every football game? Well, every time you wear that, I want you to think about what you do. Did you really? High five. Come on. Right there. All right. Let's give him a big hand. Good job. So here's my question. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? When you see what it takes, the faith of a child, right? And when I heard that, I just, you know me, I bawled. (laughs) But it was was just the, the heart. And that's what God's looking at us for. He's saying, look, Just be obedient. God said, hey, take care of your friend. He goes, okay. He didn't have any shoes. Well, I'm going to give him mine. I mean, you know, that is so pure. And that's when God's looking at us. He's going, just give me what you got. Just give me what you got. Let me in here. Let me work a little bit. Just surrender to me. Give your heart to me. And if you'll do that, I'll change things. Because... Obedience plus sacrifice equals blessing every time. And maybe some of you are saying, well, pastor, I don't need a jersey, but I need a good job. Or pastor, I need my kids to come back home. Or pastor, I need, you know what? You begin to serve God and do what he's asking you to do and obey him. And he's going to change your world. But you got to stick it out. You got to be in it for the long haul. He will always fulfill his word. Do you understand? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your love and your mercy. God. Father, you've shown us today. Lord, I pray that we would have the same kind of heart Lane did. When you ask us to do something, we just do it. And Father, knowing that you're going to bless us because you love us. And you don't ask us to do things that, <laughs> that Lord, you just, you just ask us to be obedient. And I pray, Father, that you would touch our hearts. And Lord, I pray that today each one of us would look at our own life and see where we are and see what's going on and realize the challenges that are there. And Father, be honest with ourselves and honest with you. For those that are here today, Lord, that are, they're angry because of past hurt. Somebody's hurt them. Maybe they've, They've hurt themselves by decisions they've made. Lord, they they find themselves trapped. And I pray today, Father, you would minister to them right where they are. And they would come on, be honest with themselves and honest with you. For those that are in a mess because of themselves, I pray, Lord, they'd be honest with themselves today. Say, God, it's me. Your word says, and I did the opposite, and here I am. Jesus died for that. That's grace but you have to receive it. You have to be willing to lay that at the foot of the cross. And for those of you today that maybe have been hurt by other people, whatever the situation is, and you're carrying those scars on the inside and you can't seem to get past it, it's a a chain in your life. I want you to know today, you gotta forgive those that have hurt you. Jesus did. You can too. Forgive that person. That's not only going to free them, it's going to set you free. And today is your day to do that. Be obedient. Let it go. Jesus said, I've come to set you free to heal your brokenheartedness. But you got to let him do that. Nobody looking around today, this is so important. If you look at your life today and you realize that there's brokenness there, that there's, you haven't been obedient and you're hurting or maybe people have hurt you, but you want to be healed, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a few minutes. This is the most important thing we do. 
If that's you today and any, anything going on and you need healing in your life, you need God to, to touch your life, I want you just to come forward. I want the prayer partners to come forward. Everybody else, we're just gonna pray for these folks. They come to a place where they need to surrender, they need God's help. We're gonna pray for them. If you lifted your hand for any reason or if you didn't and you know you just need to come down, we're just gonna take a few minutes and we're gonna pray for you.